Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to Season 3 of the One Giant Mind Podcast. In this episode, I chat with a dear friend, Jen, about relationships, their relevance, importance and function in both our spiritual development and satiating our deepest human yearning to connect. This one's for everybody. Hi, Jen. Hi, Johnny. It's a three-part question in one, but I know that I feel like it'll be answered all at the same time. Hopefully. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) In a Vedic view, um, what is the purpose of a romantic, committed relationship outside of procreation? And what is the basis for cultivating a healthy and loving relationship that's balanced? Mm. And if we are whole and complete within ourselves and we don't need another person, then can you please define what the healthy I is in a relationship and then why you require the we in a union in relationship with a partner? Wow. What a great questions. Well, let's ask, answer the last one first. Um, it's very rare that there is an individual that actually doesn't want to be in relationship. And if they are, they have that tendency as a result of being very close to attaining a certain state in their consciousness where being in relationship might just be an obstruction to that. And how do we know whether we're that person or not? You have no desire to be in the world. It doesn't mean that you don't want to live. It just you don't have no desire to participate in the world. And those people generally become hermits, monks, recluses, particularly if their inclination is spiritual, they'll, they'll be monastic in, in their tendencies. Um, if you have even a partial desire to be in the world, then you're not that. And so everything I'm about to say includes you. Everything in the relative world, that is to say everything that exists, is in relationship. I, my individuality, am in relationship with you and all of you here and this moment and my feelings and my thoughts, my sensations. Everything is in relationship. And in relationship, there is a transference of energy and information that informs us of how to live. My cells are interacting, communicating. There is an exchange of energy and information to sustain body existence. A hundred trillion things a second, apparently. Maybe more, they're thinking now. Uh, that are in a process of transferring energy and information to determine the best way to exist. Everything that you look at outside of this room, out into the garden and whatever, everything is in relationship. Every element of nature is in relationship, exchanging energy and information in order to harmoniously coexist. Symbionts, it's called. Mutually beneficial dynamics. The point I'm trying to make here is that this reality is being constructed based on a relationship dynamic. We are relational beings and that we are capable of, we are only capable of fully expressing um, our, our potential and the, the, the spectrum of our function in relationship dynamics. And so when we talk about 
romantic relationships and its function, um, its purpose, I can only speak to what we know in recent times because there have been ages, epochs of time where um, polygamy has been the way. There's certainly many examples of monogamy in those times, as there are in an era where monogamy is the dominant and most accepted social um, practice. There are enormous amounts of examples of polygamy, particularly up here (laughs) in this area. And whether exclusive or non-exclusive, I think what you're inquiring about transcends that. And then we can infer greater meaning in monogamy and greater meaning in polygamy. We can, we can derive value from both dynamics. Um, but essentially, being in a romantic, and when we say romantic, let's maybe let's take away the word romance because that has a connotation of um, some sort of delusional, naive take on reality. You know, when we think, oh, you've got a romantic notion of what what it is. It's kind of like a a fantasy idea of something that is far different in reality. Let's talk about the, the exchange of intimate sentiments, uh, intimacy, where one moves past the, the normal social standards of, of revealing the inner world, where one feels safe to move into vulnerability and expose the, the, the true light of the soul. The value of this is everything. In my opinion, the, the most powerful and meaningful thing that I have in my life is my relationship with the people that I love, specifically myself, my wife, and my baby girl. When I think about, when I just sit and I reflect, and I think about, or I put my attention on my heart more than think, my heart naturally just goes to them. And it's what fills me with the greatest meaning and where I'm able to be, where I'm expressive of the most dynamic spectrum of myself. I'm all of myself in those, in those relationships. And therefore, those relationships become the, the format by which I can fully express who and what I, what I am. And furthermore, and probably more importantly, is be a wide open field of attention to receive who they are and give feedback about the beauty of it, of who they are. And be in a dance of exchange of feedback feedback loop of beauty and love and and just bask in that bask in it and to me this is the meaning of life the meaning of life is to be able to innocently bask in the beauty of 
the light and the truth of reality. So, in my opinion, relationships are the most powerful format for us to have, in my opinion, the deepest and richest experience of life. Because we can, we can look ourselves in the mirror, but we don't get a, a huge amount of information. But when we look our partners in the eyes, we get an enormous amount of information about who we are. And when the relationship isn't necessarily reflecting back my beauty, it'll be reflecting back a truth that might be a little difficult for me to swallow, but ultimately is beautiful because it's something that is going to help me see the truth of myself, which is beautiful. Sometimes the truth is hard to swallow, and our, in our relationships we reflect back the truth. And so relationships therefore become the most intimate um, format for personal growth. It's easy to be by yourself because you just do all the things you like to do and you don't have to surrender any preferences and you're not challenging yourself to look at areas where you're not necessarily, um, you haven't necessarily resolved or developed that you otherwise would need to be being fully expressive of your humanity. That is to say, to be in relationship. <laughs> That's how foundational I think it is. Mm. Being in relationship is foundational to our humanity. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be in an intimate relationship, you don't have to be in a, you know, where you're sharing a house, a bed, you know, touching and exchanging body fluids and you know, bringing pleasure to each other in that way. Because that's, you know, that's how we categorize it, right? Mm. We do that. <laughs> As opposed to another person where we can have very deep, loving feelings and whatever, but we don't go there. Right? We've created categories based on, you know, the the extent to which we express and how how we express. But essentially, it's all the same. And we can draw the same amount of power out of our intimate relationships as we do our friendships. And so they serve an a, an enormous, in my opinion. My, my friendships and my relationships have been my greatest teachers. Because I can have revelations about things, but it's not until I'm able to implement them in some real way, be expressive of it, for it to be received, that I truly get feedback about the value of what it is that I'm experiencing inside. Does what I experience, is, is what I'm experiencing inside a value. I only know that once I start expressing it. Otherwise, it's just something I'm expressing inside and no one's seeing it, no one's feeling it. And relationships have always been a call to action for me to, to embody, going back to what we talked about in an earlier episode, to embody what we're experiencing and be expressive of it mm. and to see the value of it. Did that answer the question fully? Was mm -hmm. there a component of it that I missed? The, the the all three questions do you mean or yeah. the first one yeah yeah it really did and i guess going on from what you've said as well how do you then when you're in a relationship assuring that that relationship is 
healthy and loving and caring? Like what, what creates a what creates a dynamic, healthy relationship? Only your definition of it and living in accordance with your definition of it. Loving and caring is a relative thing because mm-hmm. um, we've all been exposed to different and conditioned in different environments. So it's, it's always a, it's a relative thing. We, we're not prescriptive here in any way mm. other than to say be, apply the greatest love and care to yourself. Mm-hmm. Let that be the, the benchmark and then the way in which you love and care for yourself, expect that of the one that you are declaring as your special one mm. or three whatever it may be. Yeah. It's important to have, you know, there's, it's very trendy to say, I oh, don't have expectations. You know, spirituality is the, mm. the letting go of expectations. And this, in my opinion, is absolute nonsense. We're not letting go of expectations. We're letting go of the rigid attachment to expectations and assigning expectations with, without taking into consideration who we're expecting what from. Because quite often, put it this way, the remedy for disappointment is not not having expectations. The remedy for disappointment is to not assign expectation inappropriately. Mm. Mm. And then what we have is responsibility i'm taking responsibility because disappointment is an absor- uh, absolving ourselves of responsibility ultimately expectations are need to be in place and they need they need to be communicated these are called boundaries another word for expectations are boundaries mm. the way in which we want to be loved if you're not communicating really clearly the way in which you want to be loved, and there is, and if there is not an understanding and an agreement from the person in which you're expecting that from, then you have no right to be disappointed if they're not behaving in the way you want them to be. And yet we are. We have to be so clear. And that means we have to face a whole bunch of stuff because declaring what we really want goes against the grain of, well, if I, if I ask too much of you, I'm afraid you're going to leave, or mm. all of this. And people would settle for mediocrity, a mediocre relationship, half-baked relationship where they're only getting half of what they want. And then growing in resentment, it ultimately turning into a passive-aggressive dynamic that erodes any real love that's left. You just see that everywhere in relationships. And the way to remedy that is just to get very real about what you want and get very real about what you're willing to give because what you may want, your partner may not be willing to give and vice versa. And that's okay. It's just a case of finding a a suitor for your desire because there's no wrong or right whatever you're into is whatever you're into you just need to find somebody that's willing to get with that (laughs) (laughs) but we need to be very open and clear about that and consistently and by the way boundaries and expectations change as we evolve and grow 
And when they do, we've got to communicate them. And certainly not get short, upset and, you know, resentful when our partner doesn't display sufficient psychic capabilities <laughs> to determine what you're really thinking without it being communicated. Mm. Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah. Good. Mm. I think I was touching on something I was... um saying before because I guess in spirituality what I'm I guess we continue to get to is to find wholeness within ourselves all the time so being able to meet our own needs all the time and be able to soothe ourselves and love ourselves to feel wholeness but then when there's a a relationship there's a we piece to the relationship for it to to function and thrive Mm -hmm. so it's kind of where is that okayness in needing something from another or having relationship needs that you can't fulfill and within yourself like needing to be held needing a hug needing touch or intimacy you know the needs in which a relationship functions to bring you both together which is separate from the wholeness within yourself yeah does that make sense absolutely that's another gross misconception in the sort of western pseudo spiritual paradigm that you know what we're trying to do is um relinquish neediness we're not trying to relinquish neediness because our needs are intrinsic we have needs we need to breathe air we need to drink water we need to belong we need intimacy we need to look at those things um, that aren't necessarily always available to us Um, we need them now what we're what we're striving to do in the in the bigger picture is to become a self-sufficient independent beings where our happiness and our sense of stability is not determined by the behavior or the lack of interaction with what we desire that we can stabilize our awareness and that pursuit is very important but not at the expense totally of the acknowledgement and embracing of the needs that we have as human beings to to belong and connect and be intimate to share deeply it's expressive of the most beautiful aspect of our humanity in my opinion the exchanges that i've intimately had with not just my current partner but partners historically have been so beautiful it's where the best of me has been expressed and if you have the desire for it, then it's important that you move in the direction of fulfilling that desire. Now, life might have it that that desire isn't immediately fulfilled, that you're searching for a, for a partner, someone to be able to have that experience with. The call to action is to take as much responsibility for what you're experiencing. And if there is suffering due to the the inability to immediately satiate the desire then there's work to be done because you won't die of not having intimacy you won't die of it it can cause longing in the soul the beautiful thing about our design is that we have been designed to be able to have direct contact with the very source of this reality. Call it what you will. 
the great spirit, God, the infinite intelligence of the universe, whatever it is. There is personality that is desirous of our interaction. Personality structured in that that underlying aspect of our experience. And if you're in the absence of being able to commune with another human, then take this special time granted, this alone time granted to you, to ever deepen your relationship with that. So that when the time comes to be able to commune with a sacred other, you are reflecting back a far more deep, rich, beautiful light for them to see themselves. What you are contributing to the relationship is far richer than if you are relying entirely on the other to satiate your yearning to commune. The, the, the deepest yearning to commune comes from that place to return back to self, the true self, which is beyond the physical human form. It is a reality that's structured within our human physical form. And when we unify with it truly, we understand that we are beyond human. And, and at the same time, that beyondness brings the, the, the kind of meaning that was intended with the design to, to life. And then when shared in a relationship, takes it to a whole nother level. Did I answer the question? Yeah. Great. Thank you for taking some time to listen to the One Giant Mind podcast. If you're somebody that hasn't yet got a regular meditation practice, One Giant Mind offers a couple of ways in which you can make that happen right now. You can go to onegiantmind.com and have a look at our teacher directory. We've got hundreds of teachers around the world teaching the One Giant Mind being technique, both in person and online. And if for whatever reason you're unable to get to one of those courses, you could download our free Learn to Meditate app. It's called One Giant Mind. It's got a 12-step course that'll get you started. And if you're already a regular meditator and feel deeply called to bring this beautiful practice into the world, we strongly encourage you to check out our One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. We train passionate meditators to become powerful leaders in their community equipped with tools to empower others to know themselves very intimately. We teach a powerful process of how to run a meditation course and facilitate the building and growing of a community. And we would love to welcome you into our global family of teachers. A special thanks to our show producer, Daniel Tucker, aka Spiritual Trady, our music composer, the one and only Ali Liberman and all of the One Giant Mind team.